Read, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus, the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen. The topic of my message today is we are more than conquerors. You may be seated. We are more than conquerors. Tonight's message is not going to be um, too expositional. Um, it's going to be basically the text and a little bit of my testimony. I want you to get to know me, get to know my background, get to know who I am. As I continue to lead and you're praying that I lead, um, at Cornerstone Church. I am so thankful to Pastor Tim, Pastor Kyle, Dan Cook, Doug Rank, the elders, the deacons, the staff, the entire Cornerstone family. I also want to recognize my beautiful wife who supports and prays for me every day. Baby, I love you. And she's, uh, she's pregnant, so we're going through the morning sickness right now. <laughs> And to all of you who have been so supportive and encouraging throughout this entire process, and let me tell you, it was a process. But it just goes to show how much the leaders at Cornerstone care about you, and they also showed my wife and I how much they cared about us. I am truly blessed beyond words. This is probably one of the greatest statements in the book of Romans, and that is knowing that we are more than conquerors. More than any circumstance or problem, worry or doubt, the Bible declares that we are more than a conqueror. Alexander the Great amassed the largest empire in the ancient world, spanning over 3,000 miles. Hannibal the Great was regarded as one of the greatest military commanders in history. Napoleon's empire stretched from Belgium in the north to Rome in the south, covering over half a million square miles. These were great conquerors. However, the Bible declares us more than they were. I want to first be honest with you. I never wanted to be a pastor. My father was a pastor for seven years in Vallejo, California. I attended every service, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night Bible study, Saturday prayer breakfast, choir rehearsal, praise rehearsal, Let's just say I was in church all week long, 
for seven years. And while pastoring, my dad worked a full-time job as a sergeant in the Air Force. He worked and maintained on aircraft at Alameda Air Force Base. And as a kid, I was able to see the highs and the lows of ministry, the good, the bad, and the ugly. For me, being young and not fully able to understand, all I could retain in memory was all the bad. In my dad's church, I witnessed division, I witnessed gossip, church politics, inconsistencies in leadership and in membership, and ultimately the breakup of my parents. I watched them work so hard in ministry, only to find our family broken and our lives forever changed. Questions arise after you experience certain hurts in life as a believer. Is God real? Was was I really called to do this? Is this really where I'm supposed to be? And the simple question, God, why? We can never fully understand what God is thinking and the reasons why. However, we do know through faith that it is all for the good. Isaiah 55, 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. When we say and declare that he is a good father, We automatically define his goodness as being a Santa Claus, gimme, gimme God, who never says no, never puts us to the test for greatness, and never lets us go through hurt, pain, or struggle. He's just always going to give us what we want, and that's just the end of it. And it is our duty as ministers of the gospel to explain that his goodness comes from not only saying yes, but also giving us a hard no. And it's only for our good. Because his ways are high above our ways and his thoughts are high above our thoughts doesn't mean he's trying to be secretive or tyrannical in not sharing his ultimate plan with us. We need to understand that he is infinite and we are finite, meaning that our finite minds couldn't compare or even store a fragment of his infinite knowledge and power. We do this as parents, don't we? We don't tell our kids everything for a variety of reasons. You're not ready, you're not old enough, you're not mature enough. Daddy, can I drive the car? I'm only six years old. No, you cannot. You're not old enough. You can't even see over the steering wheel. If I gave you the keys right now, I would be setting you up not only for failure, but possible death. The answer is no. We serve a good, good father. Amen? God being the good father does the same thing for us. So I got to a place where I stopped asking God why, and I started asking him, Lord, how can I serve? I found myself recently thanking him for every no, every trial, every tribulation, the valleys, the highs, the the hills, the mountains of life, because at this moment, I could see why he called and predestined me to be in this position at this particular time. The Apostle Paul talks about predestination and election. This is one of the greatest theological debates ever. The idea that an all-loving God has a select group whom he he elected, called and predestined for salvation. And in his sovereignty, 
and divine wisdom God foreknew or predetermined whom he would choose for specific times in history in order to carry out his purpose and his will. A sovereign God who is not bound by time chose me at this time and at this moment to be something that I never imagined. But through all my life, others could see the calling on my life. God allowed me to experience and overcome many obstacles and trials, all to get me ready and prepared for this moment, to be humble, to be thankful, but most importantly, to be relatable. The ability to relate to people you are leading is crucial in ministry. Your empathy and sympathy is genuine and it's not academic. It can't be taught, can't be rehearsed, it can't be practiced. And I want to thank the Lord right now for choosing me. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I considered you. And I appointed you a prophet to the nations. In the text, Paul says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Paul is not asking a question. He's making a bold statement. It's rhetorical. When I preach to the elders and the deacons and the pastors during this process, I talked about how the Bible defines Satan in John 10.10. There were three verbs that stood out. He comes to kill, he comes to steal, and he comes to destroy. Very aggressive verbs to which we as believers need to be aggressive in our approach on how we live in Christ. Our devotion has to be aggressive. The way we pray has to be aggressive. The way we worship has to be aggressive. Furthermore, we, need, we have to believe in what the Bible says. It's a struggle to be a part of something that you do not believe in. Some of us just read, let's go ahead and be honest. Some of us just read the Bible as it's just, it's, it's an ordinary book. Not really believing that you are more than a conqueror, you could do all things through Christ, and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And even in that text, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, Isaiah 55, 17, we take that out of context. We, we read that and we believe that Nothing is going to come against me. Nothing is going to hurt me. Nothing is going to touch me. But it says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That means the weapon still can be formed. It still can be put together. It still can be organized. It can still be shot off. It can still hit you multiple times. It can hurt. It just won't take you out. Amen? Amen. So why am I here? Why are you here? Last week, Aaron, Tim's son, he came up to me and said, man, your smile is so infectious. I want to thank my dentist and Crest and Colgate and all the <laughs> wonderful people <laughs> that made it possible. <laughs> and we began to talk, Aaron and I began to talk backstage at the Easter, um, at the Easter uh, thing. And I told him that this smile came from years of frowns and tears. If you guys find me smiling, I'm not a cheesy pastor that just smiles all the time and is just happy about life. I have, my, I have my days. 
But this smile came from frowns and tears, and it's only by the grace of God and knowing who I am in Christ, that gives me joy to smile. Even on my worst days, I smile, knowing who I am in Christ. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's where I get my joy from. That's where I get my strength from, to keep going and to keep pushing. It's only through Christ that I was able to survive the things that I've been through. Only through Christ that I was able to go a little further and push a little harder. Christ is the only reason why I'm able to say that I am more than a conqueror. Earlier, I mentioned three men who were legend at being conquerors of territories and empires, but we are more than what they accomplished because through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ, we have conquered death itself. Amen? We are more than our past. We are more than our disappointments. We are more than our lies and deceit. We are more than our mistakes. We are here, we here at Cornerstone are more than conquerors. Before I pray, I just want to let you know, because I've seen how scary it is out there in churches. I've seen the false teachings, and I've seen just the Bible just be used in any type of way. The enemy is busy. In case you were wondering or you were curious, I believe in the whole Bible. I believe in teaching the whole Bible. I believe in sound biblical doctrine and theology. I'm going to teach and preach the whole word of God, and I will not bend it or change it. And because I believe in every verb, I believe in every adverb, every adjective, every preposition, every sentence is true. And you will not find me skipping parts just so it can sound good. God has called me to teach and preach his word in its entirety. I am more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. Amen? Let's pray, conquerors. Father God, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this time. I thank you for this moment to deliver your word. God, you are awesome. You are mighty. Thank you, Lord, for declaring us more than conquerors by what you did, by what your son had did on the cross so many years ago. We are more than our mistakes. We are more than our past. We are more than anything that has ever hurt us, God. We have overcome so many things. There are so many stories and so many testimonies in this church today, God. And I just ask you, God, just to give us the energy and give us the patience and give us the endurance to go a little bit further, a little bit farther. Give us the joy that we need, which is our strength, to make it through every day, God. I thank you, God. I thank you for putting me in this position, God. And I just ask you to give me all the tools that I need to lead as I take you very seriously. I take your word very seriously. And I take pastoring very seriously, God. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Can you grab that for me, Tony? Yeah. All right, so what we are doing this weekend is critically important because what we're doing is we're installing Tony as the pastor at our March Street location. And what that is is a public covenantal, as you will understand in a minute, a public covenantal recognition that God has brought Tony Dorsey 
to this church to be our pastor at the Marsh Street location. And we are anointing him and recognizing that God's hand is behind him. And so this is really important what we're doing, and you are going to get to participate in it in just a moment. Let me teach you something really quickly. When they would bless people in the Old Testament, so everybody try to do this. Okay, this is not just for Star Trek. See if you could do this with your hands. That's literally a Hebrew letter. It forms a Hebrew letter that the priests of Israel would extend when they were blessing the people. So we're all going to have an opportunity when your, when your turn to come and bless uh, Tony, Pastor Tony, you're going to have an opportunity to extend your hand at, towards him. Even if you're watching this online at home, you're going to be able to do that as well. I would encourage you to extend that towards the screen and pray with us when we get to that point. Well, let me invite Pastor Kyle and one of our elders, Randy uh, Polino, to come on up here as well. And uh, we're going to begin the installation portion of this service. This marks the official beginning of a pastor's call at a church. And today we are affirming God's leading in bringing Tony Dorsey to this church. It's been quite a process. He uh, mentioned it. Uh, come on over here next to Pastor Kyle. It's been uh, quite a process. It began with our Cornerstone board creating a search team made up of elders and volunteers, ladies from our church. That was our search team. And we opened up a search internally, which was our plan to see if God already had that person with us. Pastor Tony and Abby have been coming to our church for about two years. He applied for this position, so we never had to go externally. This is always our habit. We look inward before we look outward to see if God has that person for us. And so we began that search. We began by giving this man a 126-question survey, which was not easy to answer. And then a profile assessment, which was not easy to answer. We're pretty serious about who we're going to hire. We're very serious about that. And that led to standard uh, but multiple interviews with the search team, part of which we had Tony come preach a message. It's online. You can go to our website. You can listen to that fuller message. He was able to get a more expositional in that message than in the brief time tonight that he had. But uh, he preached before the board of elders and deacons, the search team, the staff team. We were all here. And uh, by the time he got done, I, gave, I went to give him a hug. Man, he was sweating so profusely. It was awesome. I was just sit, sitting back there laughing. But that was part of the process. And then all, all that led to a vote. Now, our bylaws, which govern the polity, the government of our church, the bylaws tell us that for all hiring of all uh, staff except for the lead pastor, we handle that through the board. When it comes to the lead pastor, that person uh, will have to prepare or be presented before you, the membership of the church, for a vote. But this one was allowed to be from the board, and we did a, our due diligence on it. Now, here's what the scriptures tell us. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among 
yourselves. We are asking that you look at this pastor and that you will pray for him, that you will esteem him highly because of the work that God has anointed and appointed him to do. And you're going to be part of that anointing even right now. So pastor, actually, I'd like to call you pastor because elders are pastors. So Randy, come on up. And if you could lead us through a charge to the congregation. All right. So right now we're going to have a charge that as I read it, say it in your own minds, because this is a charge from the, the people, you guys, to Pastor Tony. So just follow along with me. Today we recognize and affirm that God has called Tony Dorsey into pastoral service at Cornerstone Church. We acknowledge that this call is a weighty responsibility to serve faithfully. However, it carries with it God's authority necessary to do his work among our church and community. As his church family, we agree to support and honor Pastor Tony and his family so their time here will be a joy, not a burden. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 and 17, it says, Remember your leaders, those who speak to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. And that last part to me just stands out the most because as a person in the congregation, you don't want the way you treat your pastors. Are you making it a joy to them? Are you making it pleasing so that they're not groaning about the way they're going? Do you know why? Because it would be of no advantage to you if you do that. So make, make it, when you're, when you're treating your pastors, treat them with love, respect, honor them. Make it a joy for them to serve you because then it will be an advantage to you. All right, so we're going to do something right now. I'm going to have you stand because this is a charge to you. And I want you to say yes at the end of this if you sincerely agree to what I'm about to charge you with. Will you pray for this man? Will you honor this man? Will you esteem him highly? Will you submit to his pastoral authority? And will you seek to learn to love him well? If you would agree to that, would you say, I will? Let's pray for him. Father, Lord, I'm coming now from the congregation because I'm also agreeing to this. Father, we will recognize that Tony has been appointed by you to this church. And Father, that you have put him into this position. We've simply recognized that and affirmed that. And so, Lord, we ask that you would give him all of the anointing he needs, give him the, the measure of grace, the Bible says in Romans 12, all the measure of grace he needs to do all that you're going to ask him to do. Lord, protect him from the enemy. I pray that you protect his wife and his child, his children from the enemy. So, Lord, I pray that you would lift him up, encourage him, and let us, the church, be a source of joy for him, that he can pastor well and pastor long and pastor with faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Pastor Kyle. All right, Pastor Tony. 
I'm going to read a charge to you that the Apostle Paul gave to Timothy as he pastored uh, in Ephesus as a young pastor. This was actually the same passage of scripture that was read when I was installed as a pastor. And I remember this moment. It'll be forever ingrained. And my eyes were like I was deer in a headlight. It was a big deal. It's a big moment, right? And so I want to encourage you uh, with the same words that was used to encourage me by Pastor Tim uh, from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 uh, through 16. It says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Amen. Amen. I'm going to actually ask Abby, are you okay to make your way uh, to the stage? All right. Give it up for Abby. Let's do that. Let's welcome her to the stage. <laughs> At this time, Pastor Tim is going to anoint you, and so you realize that the anointing oil symbolizes the Spirit of God who will give you all that you need. Do you believe that? He will give you all you need and all that he has asked you to do. It symbolizes his power, his joy, and his presence in your life as he labors with you. Tony, let your confidence be in the God who called you and who will fill you. With the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of of the saints in light, Colossians 1, 9 through 12. At this time, Randy, one of our elders, is going to pray for you and Abby, okay? Join me in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for sending, choosing Pastor Tony and Abby to come serve in this church, Lord, to serve your people and to deliver your word, God, to shepherd your people, Lord. We pray for blessing and anointing over their lives, God, as they do that. Through the hills, the, the mountaintops, and the valleys of ministry can be tiring at times, Lord. So we pray for endurance for him. We pray that you keep his vision, his eyes focused on you at all times, God, as he follows you. Because we know that the enemy will come to try to steal, kill, and destroy, Lord. And we pray that he is armed with the armor of God at those times to defend the fiery arrows of the enemy, Lord, to keep you in his sights, Lord, and to stay on mission, God, as he serves your people, Lord. We thank you again, Lord, for, for sending him to Cornerstone. We pray that his ministry here is a long, fruitful, and faithful one, Lord God. And we pray this all in your name, all to your glory, Lord Jesus. Amen. One more time, would you give it up for Pastor Tony? Give it up for the Lord for bringing them to us.